are listening to the Angler's Journal podcast. I'm Charlie Levine, and we've got a super special guest today. You feeling super special, Dave? I'm always super special. <laughs> so today I'm here with my buddy Dave Farrell, who he and I worked together for like 10 years, man. I can't believe it was that long. That went by in a blink. It was fun. It was back in the heyday. Yeah. So we worked together at Marlin Magazine, and both live here in Central Florida, and uh, have moved on to other things. You, you're now a TV show host. How long yeah. have you been doing the show? Oh, I was doing it for 10 or so more years when I was at the magazine. So I think I've done this, the Florida Insider Report for 19 years. Wow. And the Texas has been going for six. This is a six year. Man, that went by quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so tell us about the show. It's obviously hosted with Rick Murphy. Yeah, Rick Murphy and Bree Gabrielle. They, uh, we do. We have nine captains around the state, and they call in and say, "Hey, this is what's happening for this weekend. You should use these lures. Go to these places." And uh, it's been pretty successful. Yeah, I like that about it. I do the rigs it, and techniques and the new products. The off show. the deep end with right. Dave Farrell. Yeah, they, they changed it now. It's something else. It's It's got a sponsor name, CCA. It's okay. sponsored by the CCA now. But it's it's really a great way. It's formatted. If you live in Florida, they go around the state, Panhandle, West Texas Coast. Texas, too. We do one in Texas, too. Yeah. So for guys like me who like to fish locally as well as travel, you know, you can kind of hear what's going on and mm-hmm. where the fish are, what they're biting, like you said. And then you always sort of show it some new tackle or like a rigging tip, right? Right. We do. Every Florida show has a species assigned to it. So... One week it'll be a cobia show. The next week it'll be speckled trout, uh, snook. You know we got twenty six weeks. Yeah. So there's a lot of, a lot of stuff to cover. Well, luckily here in Florida, there's no lack of uh, species. Correct. I Correct. actually, uh, I just saw you were down in the Everglades. Was yeah. that this week? It was yesterday. Yesterday. We caught eight. Eight, eight species. Eight species, like things I'd never really even seen before. Well, that killy, that pike killy fish was one that High's been trying to catch for a while, and I caught it first, High. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we uh, we were using these little tank tankita rods or something, tanker rods. Or oh, they extendable. Little Japanese rods and uh, and little piece of worm, and we caught those pikey killy fish. They're they're amazing fish. They're like a little barracuda. They have an ex, actually have an extending jaw and little needle sharp teeth. And but we caught eight species that day. We caught a largemouth bass, peacock bass, Mayan cichlids, warmouth perch, bowfin, uh, and that little keelyfish. I think that's eight. Yeah, yeah he's eight. a great guy to follow on oh, yeah. on Instagram and stuff. He's fun to fish with too. How do you, hi? What's his last name? Hi Trong. Yeah, you guys should check him out. He's always ung. Fly fishing for these crazy little invasive species, yeah. as well as, you know, bass and snook and all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but today, you know, summer's coming, and it's a great time for anglers to go through their tackle box, and that's really why I called you up and wanted to get you on the show. With all of your <laughs> your vast knowledge of tackle, you've been covering offshore, inshore stuff for years. Yeah. I just thought I'd pick your brain a little bit on... Um, you know what's out there? What what is some cool stuff you've been seeing, or any any new products that are that are got you fired up? Well, you know, I go I go through. Uh, I I'm I'm really weird that, that I'll find a product and I'll burn it out in my fishing. You know, I'll 
Like I'll pick up a swim jig and I'll just fish swim jigs for a month straight. Or I'll pick up a chug bug and I'll just fish the chug bug for a month straight. Or and because I have all these different people sponsor, you know, sponsoring the shows over the years, I've always got ten of everything. Mm-hmm. So I, I never run out of things to fish with, and so I get to try everything. And you know, s- some things stick with me, and some things just fall away. It, it, and it might not have anything to do with how good that product is. A lot of times, it'll just be how I like to fish. Like, uh, for example, Bass Assassin just came out with the RSB worm, this uh, the redneck spinnerbait they call it, <laughs> because it's a worm with a tail on it. Oh, those are cool. That you when you you know when you mount the tail horizontal to the hook set, and you pull it really fast over the surface, you know it, it chugs and you know bubbles and it it just has a lot of action for a worm. You can work it fast, and that's the whole reason why I don't like to worm fish is I can't Slow. sit still. Yeah, yeah. And so there could be a great sit-still bait out there that I won't really have much knowledge about sometimes because I don't do that kind of fishing. I don't like sure. it. But then the the shows kind of force me to try those things and use them. So that's a, that's another that's the cool thing about the shows as well. Well, I like that you actually use the stuff too yeah. before you talk about it because Well, sometimes I use it after I talk about it. I'll be honest with you. I mean, you know, because there's some things that I don't have to use that I know it's good already. Like uh we just did like for example last night on the show we had some uh Mirodines XLs from new mirror lures. And right, which a, is a great company. Which yeah, which is a great company, and they already make the Miradine, which is my one of my favorite lures. And now they've got an XL in a different color, and that's what we were talking about. So those things I haven't thrown that yet, but those are some of the examples where I could say where I can talk about these things because I know about, a little bit about their history and the, of the company and that's and stuff cool. like that. Adco yeah. is one of those. And Too many times, that. it's like you you read about something and you're like, I know this guy never bring it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. When I did the Marlin uh, new products, I always tried to make them relevant yeah. to the reader. They were none of them were the same. None of them were copied out of the uh, uh, the brochures from the <laughs> manufacturer. I made right. I, I made them. I tried to make them make each one of them entertaining, that are somehow point out the usefulness to the reader. Yeah, and it's you know at Angler's Journal we don't right now we don't really do that. We don't have a gear guide mm-hmm. section. But it's such a key part of, you know, you can't catch a fish. Well, guys, that's, you know, they, they, well, it, it, fishing is a gear-driven sport. Yeah. You know, we have so much stuff to play with. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're really doing. Yeah. You, you know, where we, even if we're not catching fish, we're still playing with our stuff. You know? And it's fun. It's funny. So the editor, Bill Sisson, in uh, the latest issue that's out now, his column is about kind of simplifying and mm-hmm. you know how there's something nice about just having, you know, especially if you're like fishing the beach, you just got a little bag and right. one rod and it's real simple. Right. And you can, you know, just. He hadn't seen my beach stuff, has he? <laughs> no. You... <laughs> so Dave's got like a wagon with these giant balloon tires. Yeah, and, uh, it looks like a it's pretty awesome. lunar rover. <laughs> but it's a flip side because every time I go on a trip, I mean, I've got a workbench in my garage that's yeah. just. It's like a tackle bomb went off and I go on a trip and I get my stuff, my bag organized and I end up going shopping. Yeah. I go to the shop and I buy stuff because it's just part of the fun, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. 
trying to anticipate what you're going to need and mm-hmm. then getting there and finding out you probably shouldn't have bought the stuff you bought. I tell you what, when I used to travel, when I started traveling, I uh, I would bring a lot of stuff with me to all these different places. And after a while, I decided I'm just going to go and rely on the people that I'm fishing with because they've been there. They know what's going on. Yeah, I'm, I'm usually just, you know, farting in the wind that's that's great advice though especially if it's a guide like yeah it can almost be insulting to one of those guys if you're like no man i want you to fish my whatever yeah can i use these and they just roll their eyes you can if you get that if you hear that well you can you probably know you shouldn't right the guy goes yeah that's pretty good those are nice yeah that'll work that's a different reaction but if you hear that yeah you can Mm -hmm. you might not want to and if you do have, I guess it's all in how you approach it too. You might say like, "Hey man, what do you think of these?" And if yeah. he's like, "Oh, that's cool," yeah, or he's like, "That's the stupidest thing I ever saw." <laughs> what do you do with that? <laughs> right, because he's going to be trying to be nice too. He doesn't want to offend you as well. Yeah, but you definitely have your fair share of tackle. I, yeah, you had to get a a storage unit. Yeah, I got a U-Haul because you know a lot of guys will get stuff and they'll sell it. You know, or they'll give it away. And uh, I, although I give away a lot of stuff, you do. You've given me a lot of I, stuff. I can't give away as much stuff as I get, so I end up keeping a lot of stuff. And I have, and some of that stuff that's in that storage unit, I don't, I haven't really used in, or seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot that at the front of the storage unit that gets rotated in and out because <laughs> I could only get so far in it now. But there's a, you know, there's it's not. Well, it's like ninety percent efficient stuff. So nice. I was going to say it's and not all Christmas stuff. stuff. Yeah, exactly. I was, I was thinking, yeah, well, that's really insignificant, the amount of space that's there, <laughs> the house stuff. But again, even though I have that big storage unit full of uh, tackle and trolling motors and just, you wouldn't believe. You still get new stuff. I still get stuff. My house at home right now, uh, the front room is a tackle store. <laughs> Lori must Which is what that. my wife calls it. Come on in. Here's the tackle store. Right. I'd be like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> a lot of people do. <laughs> oh, man, the guys who come to do my air conditioning or the, <laughs> sure. the, the the Spectrum dude. Oh, man, you got a lot of fishing stuff. You like to go fishing? Yeah, yeah. That's great. So you you do everything. Obviously, we bill fish all the way down. You spend a lot of time on the lakes here in Central Florida. Yeah. You've gotten into surf casting the last couple of years. I, you know, I always see you at the beach. Yeah. If you had to say, you know, what has changed the most in the tackle world, rods, reels, line, whatever, what do you uh, think are some of the things that really stand out that, that guys should definitely have in their arsenal? Well, braided line has, you know, I was I was very fortunate. I got to fish with uh, the marketing fella for Spider Wire the year it came out at ICAST. That, that same year we went to uh, the Bahamas and set, I think, nine world records in three days wow deep dropping with it and we could feel every bite 1900 feet of water that's why we were just like this is you know we were with ron chapman mm. who's the king of the deep drop and and we just went over there and crushed it. I, I think i had three world records i didn't even turn in no kidding yeah. for like weird queen snappers yeah and... wenchmen and palm fritz and uh, goblin sharks and oh, wow. all kinds of weird stuff, and because nobody had ever hand cranked from nineteen hundred feet before, and oh, we were uh, using dual reels. Oh, with the forward backwards, the forward backwards, and that I tell you what, that's one thing about those dual reels, which is amazing. 
you crank, 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 forward, 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 and you start to get that burn, and then you go backwards. For low gear. For, you're still getting line, though. And, yeah. But it, it's almost, it's like a miracle cure for the going forward. Because it, it, after, you know, 10 or 15 cranks going backwards, it feels good again to go forward. And it's just, you never stopped winding. And you really feel like you're not ever going to stop winding when you're in 1,900 feet. Well, another thing, you would have never been able to hold that much mono on that reel, right? Because braid is so much thinner. Yeah. That probably yeah. was a big part of it. Yeah, probably. Because that would be the strong enough, mm-hmm. you know, to hold it. Plus, it's so stretchy, stretchy, you know. Right. Regular monofilament stretches between 10 and 20% in water when it's so... You know, that's a lot of stretch. That You'd be pulling out before you even came tight to the five hey, pounds now, of weight. So it's a family show, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's definitely braided line, and you use it almost exclusively, don't you? Well, I don't troll with it much. I don't uh, I don't like trolling with it. Um, I don't like the way it lays on top of the water when, you know, fish go sideways and whatnot. Um, I'd rather not troll with it. Yeah. But everything else, inshore, uh Spinning bottom reels. fishing, you know, bass fishing, everything. I, you know, I use braid. Yeah. I use diamond braid. Okay. And with the rods and reels, you know, it seems like there's a rod for every type of fishing now. Yeah. Yeah. Do They're... you, do you think anglers, you know, we got a lot of new fishermen and, and fisher women in the sport last year or two. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you really need a jigging rod a flipping rod nope. a all this like nope nope no. nope you can buy one probably stout spinning rod and do a lot of things with that yeah but you know sometimes it amazes me you can go into a store academy or walmart or whatever and, and buy fairly cheap rods you yeah. know 20 30 50 bucks and they're not and, bad and they're not bad rods you know they're, they're rods i would have loved to have had when i was a kid I think the first big spinning rod I bought, I bought it at Ace Hardware. It was a big orange fiberglass with Ugly steel. stick or something? No, it was, I forget who made it, but it was made out of orange fiberglass. It might have been an Ace Hardware brand, I don't know, and, and had steel uh, guides on it. it was, and I bought a Daiwa Silver Series 2500C to put on it. Wow. From the BX. Nice. <laughs> and that was you in Florida? You didn't that was it? at Patrick Air Force Base, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was the first spinning reel I ever had. And before that, we were using uh, Zebco 808s because my dad sure. was a big bass fisherman. And we were snagging mullet with ugly sticks and Zebco 808s looking like, you know, true Yankees <laughs> from Central Florida. Got to start somewhere. Yeah. So when it comes to lures now... You mentioned some you know, chug bug. I know you've always got one of those yeah, in your freshwater I love, box. I but, love that thing. And I remember when we were working at the other magazine, we did sort of like the top 10 offshore lures of all time. And yeah. we got a lot of letters because yeah. you, you, people are like, you missed this one or, oh, you, you know. Yeah, yeah. Everyone has an opinion. And it changes, you know. But at that time, it was probably fairly accurate. And probably half of them are still. Still catching still fish right it, now. Yeah. What would you say, um, if you were talking to someone who's, hey, I'm going to get into the offshore game, you know, what are five or so lures you think I should have? Or fishing for marlin fishing? or Yeah, marlin, mahi, tuna. Well, for marlin fishing, you know, you're going to get some, you want some Andy Moyes lures. Anything that he makes is going to be. He's making some he's awesome making stuff. He's making beautiful stuff. Um, 
Moldcraft wide range is. I knew you were going to say that. You have to have that. Um, maybe even a super chugger, a Moldcraft super chugger. Islander. Uh, and I, a blue and white Islander with a ballyhoo, you know. I mean, that's good for any offshore species. Yeah, everything eats that. Um, there's a lot of really good custom you know, lure. Peter Pakula's. I love. I love the Pakula sprocket. Mm-hmm. I think that's. <laughs> I love that lure. Seen a lot of fish caught on it. Uh, any Bart lure is a good lure. Yeah, you or know. just learn how to rig bait. I mean, you can't go wrong with some ballyhoo. Yeah, yeah. I like. I like. I like putting lures and baits together too, though. You know, I like to have a little super chugger on the front of a ballyhoo or a little flathead moldcraft head on the front of a ballyhoo as a pitch bait with a circle hook in front of it. You know, that's a killer, killer bait. Everything eats it. And what about, you know, for inshore reds, trout, that kind of stuff? Uh, the gold spoon. If I would, you know, if I could tell any human, if you wanted, I just want to go catch a fish. Just go throw a gold spoon in any salt water until your arms fall off. You'll end up catching a fish before too long. Okay. The gold spoon, uh, the miradine that we talked mentioned earlier. Now that's sort of a walk the dog. No, the right? miradine is a suspending twitch bait. It goes down about a foot and a half, two feet, and just just hangs. Okay. And then you just it'll 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 kind of walk the dog so under it's not the like water. The top dog, they no, mean. no. And is there a spook? Oh is yeah. As a, a another great Similar. bait for bass and uh, any I don't know inshore fish, trout or reds. The thing about the zero spook the difference between the zero spook and the chug bug is the chug bug's not moving constantly. You know, you chug it once and then let it sit. So it's easier for him to slam into it, a redfish especially, over a, a top dog type bait, because the walking bait is never, never you never want to stop it. You, know, yeah. you want to keep it going. Right, left, right, left, right. And left. with a redfish, you know he's his mouth is underneath, so he sticks his head out of the water to yeah. eat those top water baits. So he and his big old head they he knocks him out of the way, yeah. or his bow wave pushes him out of the way. But when you chug that chug bug and stop it. The tail sinks and it's just sitting there, and he just swallows it. It's so much easier for him to swallow it than it is for him to swallow one that's horizontal on the it's surface. It's so true about redfish; they're just not like they're bubbling right for they got little eyeballs. For, you know, the little eyeballs that they their can't mouth see. is way down on their yeah. They're all like no, but that's why they're fun to catch on the top water because they miss it a lot. Yeah, and they know, get which pissed. is very exciting. <laughs> they come back. Yeah. Um, it's so funny, you know, we're talking about all this though. And just yesterday I was trying to find it. I saw this really funny Instagram video of this guy catching bass on a pickle. Nice. And he was making it walk the dog like you were just saying. And of course some big stupid lunker came flying out and ate the thing. They don't know what, they don't. They're eating the ones that are made out of plastic. To me, it's more likely they would eat a pickle. At least a pickle's (laughs) food. Yes. You know, they eat chunks of plastic we throw at them. They're not that smart. There was... There Although they can't hear you. They can hear you, and and if if they're in a place that's pressured and they hear... I saw a classic example yesterday of me just talking made bass scatter and shallow water. Wow. Because they hear they heard my voice and took off. And I wasn't even yelling. Do you think they hear that they feel the trolling motor? They definitely... Oh, I know they do. That lateral line, they get... Oh, I know they do. I know they know that. They they can get used to those. Yeah. It was funny. I wish I could have found it. Freaking Instagram, it was like gone in the feed and lost oh, forever. It? 
Just some guy out in Alabama or something gave himself a, on pickle. a social media challenge. I'm going to go catch a bass on a pickle. Now, didn't you catch a uh, a billfish on a hot dog? No, I was. I saw the video. Oh. That was. Uh, that was. Um, was it Dave Nolan? It was Dave and Tammy Nolan. Yeah. So just so our listeners know, back in the day, Venezuela, by yes. far the best fishery in the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, yeah. For, Probably still is. For billfish. Not, not, nobody's there now, though. Yeah, tons of Grand Slams. Which yeah. Is, Four or five Grand Slams in a day, I saw it being caught there. So tell us what a Grand Slam is. Uh, three species of billfish. White, sail, And that's the only place, three. I think, where they've caught all six. They've caught... That fantasy slam, they caught a sword, a blue, a white, a sail, and a spear. Yeah, that's what they that called a fantasy slam. And it's only been done in Venezuela. That's insane. Twice. That is insane in yeah. a 24-hour period. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of swordfish there. Uh, the hard one to get is probably the spear. the spear and the sail. Oh, yeah. There's not a ton of sails down there. Sometimes that can be the hard one to get. Blues and whites in October were everywhere. And then sometimes when the sales were there too, then it was unreal fishing. They had that grand. They had a tournament. It was called the Grand Slam because if if you got a Grand Slam during the tournament, it was an extra thousand points. Huge. And shoot, you people were catching two, three, four, five. The rookie I think got five Grand Slams one day and had a couple of whites wow. and a blue maybe left over. Do you think um, you've gotten to fish with some incredible captains and crews over the years? Oh, yeah. Do you do you think? That down there was the pinnacle, or what was? What are some of the best guys you've? Oh no, with? they're they're you know as good as those guys were, um, and still are. You know, some of those guys are still fishing everywhere. Yeah. Um, the guys now are so much better, even. And they're more just tools. getting better. Yeah, there's they're just getting tools. better and better. The kids are, you know, every everybody learns on the backs of the other people. So. You know, Venezuela was great because it taught a lot of people about that bait and switch and and uh, how how good it was and how much more fun it was than just pulling lures around or just pulling baits around and waiting for them to get caught, you know. Um, but being active and feeding the bait back and getting a bite and all that stuff. Teasing the fish up Teasing to the boat. Teasing the fish, yeah. Even which, man- which, all, which all came back from Skip Smith. You know, he was doing it on the hooker, oh, trying to do the world records. Class, and then it spilled over into the wreck i mean they not I, not to say he was a commercial guy but he was super professional guy and then all the recreational other guys started emulating that once they found out it was a lot more fun to pitch specific tackle to different fish yeah i was at the tommy gifford awards a couple months ago and they awarded skip yeah. and uh <laughs> i'd like to get him on here some point too but his mate scotty levin goes gets up on the podium and he's like hey i'm scott levin um skip smith backed over me at 18 knots (laughs) (laughs) that's how good he is oh there were there's some really good skip smith stories they shared (laughs) unfortunately i never got to see venezuela with my own eyeballs that was one place i always got to get always wanted to get to but i did uh get to go to some other really cool places yeah you've been to costa rica you've been all over the states um, there are very few places I didn't go that I didn't want to go because I got to do that Marlin University. Yeah. And I got fun. to pick all the places. So if there was a good place that I thought we could catch fish, then you went. we went there. Yeah. Um, With the exception I don't of Thailand. I wanted to go to Thailand and uh, 
southern Japan. There's some good striped marlin fishing and stuff down there. Yeah. I Someday. We still have time. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, Great Barrier Reef, you, you did well, I got to go stuff. there a lot. Yeah. So, and I, I'm always looking for... I'm looking for a sugar daddy who'd like to go. <laughs> if there's anybody out there who wants to go, right. I can make that happen for you. That Great Barrier Reef experience is the best in the world. It is, man. And it's open now. It, unfortunately, yep. COVID screwed everything up. But this yeah. year, they're back, and, yeah. and they are excited. Um, so, do you have a catch, personally, that stands out as something that... Yeah, I caught a blue marlin on the fly in Venezuela. That was my wow. That was my lucky accomplishment there. You're a pretty lucky dude. I am very lucky when it comes to fishing and first time stuff. And I remember we were in Vegas for iCast. <laughs> we're walking through a casino, and you just looked at me and said, "Hey, Charlie, watch this," <laughs> and walked up to one of those like giant slot machines at the front of the casino. Yeah, I saw it. Put in a dollar and bing, 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 yeah, bing. It had money in it. I was just... <laughs> I looked around first. I didn't want to steal any old lady's money. <laughs> but somebody had walked off and left, I don't know, 350 bucks in that machine. It was great, man. It was so funny. <laughs> it was funny as heck. Um, what about the time you were fishing in uh, Pompano and came up on the raft? I think this is one of my favorite stories. Oh, yeah. We were... Uh... Well, there was two Pompano raft stories. Are you talking about the one when when we had the... In the rodeo. Okay. They were both in the rodeo, but once I found guys on a raft. Right. Which kind of ruined my trip uh, (laughs) because I had to stay there and fish around the raft. Weren't you like catching mahi from under the raft? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But none of them, none of those weighed. They were just little They were little guys. But yeah, that that put a damper on our first day of fishing because we were headed halfway to Bimini and... uh, came across a bunch of guys on a raft and I had to call them in. It was terrible because they they had to go back at that point, you know. It's tough. So that was bad. But their next stop, you know, they were were asking about Key West and they were way (laughs) up north (laughs) of Pompano. (laughs) Their next stop was Savannah, Georgia. If they were lucky, probably going to be, you know, Ireland, you know, (laughs) as bones. But uh, um, the, the second one, I was with fishing with Dan and we found an old Cuban raft that had been abandoned and there was a couple boats fishing on top of it. So at that point it's a fad, right? Yes. And, uh, me and Dan said, well, all these people are up on top chumming the top of this thing. Let's put some downriggers down and troll deep around it. And we caught several of them that were over 15 pounds. And one of those 16 pounders won me a rodeo. Yeah. I was just going to say, Talk about lucky. Yeah. This guy with a 16-pound dolphin fish won himself in a Suzu Rodeo, which you drove that thing till the wheels fell off. I sold it, yeah. I drove it for 10 years. That was a great truck. Yeah. (laughs) And it was free. Yeah. Well, it wasn't really free. I think I gave Dan like seven grand or something. Dan Jacobs, the tournament director uh, that we also worked with for a number of years. Yeah. very cool, man. So I guess you might not be the best guy to ask this, but one thing I want to ask you too, back to tackle, you know, and, and how anglers love to buy stuff. How do you, how do you stay organized? What's the trick to, uh, to keeping it all so you're not falling under a mountain of tackle every time you go to... I fall under a mountain of tackle every time <laughs> I go in. There. Just go pick a handful of things. No, I, uh, I, keep, I, keep things uh, I keep things in my house... Uh, that I want to have quick access to, you know. It's like label the tray or something. 
no, I have different I have different boxes of stuff and it's it's incredibly disorganized. But I know where things are, you know. If somebody came in there and, and looked at it, they'd say there's no rhyme or reason to this mess and I'd say, Well no, because it's right there. that's where the cobia stuff is, that's where the catfish stuff is, that's where the brim stuff is, you know, that's where the blue marlin stuff is. And uh well, it might I, be the the brim might be sitting next to the blue marlin stuff. I remember your office, uh, so I can yeah. kind of visualize it yeah, in my. You should head. know, yeah, you should know. There was uh, piles everywhere, but it was all good stuff. It was yeah. all good stuff, man. This is this has been a lot of fun. I I do want to play a quick little game with you. Okay, no cheating. Oh, I can't, I can't see that, dude. <laughs> so this is. This is a game I, my kids love to play, sort of a would you rather game. So uh-huh. I'm gonna n- n- name a couple things, and you just uh, you say the one that you like the most. All right. So would you rather, Dave Farrell, single or treble? <sighs> Quick. Single, I guess. Okay. The movie Jaws or Perfect Storm? Jaws. I'm old. Largemouth bass or pompano? <laughs> I'm at a pompano stage right now. I've been catching a lot of. I've already caught a lot of bass. <laughs> Surfcast or flats? Uh, Surfcasting, I guess. Blue water or backwater? Blue water. Fly or jig? Jig. Spinning reel or baitcast reel? Spinning reel. Jack Daniels or Captain Morgan's? Jack Daniels. I knew that. Yeah, you did. Costa Rica or Guatemala? Costa Rica. But I love them both. Center console or sport fish? Mm, I'm old. I want a sport fish. Now I know the answer to this one. Chuck Taylor or Air Jordan? Chuck Taylors. <laughs> Barbecue or Mexican? Barbecue. All right. And I love them both. I love all food. There's so many on there that's not fair. Well, here, let's go through them. So single or treble? Yeah, I a... yeah. I'm not using a treble hook <laughs> when I'm dropping for a group or something. And, you know, I... and I like treble hooks on my, on my, you know, Topwater baits, even though that's not the thing now. Yeah. I still like them better. They always end up in my fingers. Mine too. Or they just create these giant messes in they, your... Uh... I do pick up nine lures at a time sometimes. Yeah. Jaws or Perfect Storm. I agree. I think Jaws is the... Perfect Storm was a hell of a buck. I love a good... It was, and it's a pretty good movie. Yeah. Clooney. But it's, you know, Jaws know. is a classic of all time. Marky Mark. I don't want Marky Mark on my deck. I'm eh, sorry. Eh, I don't know. Um, all right, Surfcaster Flats. I, I had that was, yeah, that's a tough one too. You're on the beaches I've just been, a lot. I've just been doing days. that surf casting lately. What else do you catch? Mainly with? because you know the lagoon the is lagoon not is. in a good spot right now. No, I know. You know the Indian River, Banana River is just a mess. So I'm going to the beach. That's what happened. It's weird though. What's up with catfish off the beach? Like I don't remember. You not. You didn't used to catch them like they do now. I used to catch catfish. That many? Yeah. Or maybe I just suck at it. Don't fish in the dirty water, for one. Right. If it's brown, if the water's brown and you catch two catfish, move. Move. Okay. Fly or jig? You don't do a ton of fly fishing, do you? I don't. And I like to do it when I do it, though. I like to go do it in the trout streams. Wasn't that blue marlin on fly, like, one of the first times you ever held a fly rod? It was the first fish I threw a... Fly at in salt water. Screw you. That's not good. <laughs> Actually, that's a lie because I threw a blue. I threw a fly at a blue marlin earlier that day that ate it. Oh, jeez. And then I caught the one that weighed. It was it was about two seventy five. Oh, you guys took it? No. Yeah, good. I touched it with the fly rod, 
I could have put a gaff in it, but that wouldn't have made. You know, the, the deal with fly fishing is you need it, a straight gaff. You have to use the straight gaff, and once the gaff hits him, he could go crazy. Yeah, and break everything. And if anything's broken, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It's not a record. Are, is record hunting something you're into? Uh, no, I've I've always had an interest in doing it, and uh, when I have the opportunity to try for one, I will. Don't you have some weird <coughs> world record, some off no. species? No, I had, like I said, I had three of them that I caught during that one trip that I never even turned them in because I think Olander beat them that day. Mm. Doug Olander, yeah. another one of our colleagues. Yeah, there. he had, uh, like I had a queen snapper that weighed nine pounds, two ounces, and then he caught one that weighed, you know, nine pounds, eight ounces. So he, <laughs> we were both going to get a world record, Yeah, but he was going to be in the book. You know, I wasn't going to make the book. He was going to beat me out. So I think I think he beat me every one. Even cutlass fish one night we went oh, to try to get the cool. all tackle world record, and we were going back and forth. I'd catch the world record, he'd catch the world record. He ended up with the world record. Huh? So. Spinning reel bait cast. You're you're good with a bait caster. Yeah, yeah, I like them both. But I grew up spinning, spinning rod. That's a Florida East Coast thing. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. I knew you were going Jack Daniels. We've had some pretty fun Christmas parties. <laughs> just leave it at that. I don't that. remember. <laughs> the Red Vest. Yeah, Costa Rica and Guatemala, that's tough. Because, you know, Guatemala is amazing. You know, the fishery is amazing. Offshore is amazing. And if you go to Casa Vieja or one Beautiful. of the lodges, it's really nice. But there's not much but else to do. No, it's the country itself is in not that great. Of, you know, there's a couple of cities that you can go to there that are pretty nice, but... So, Costa Rica overall is just a better place to go and take a family and all that. Yeah, in my it's, opinion, it's lovely. They're both, but I do love them both, and I've had, and I've caught so many fish in Guatemala that it would be, I'd be remiss not to say that that those people at Casa Vieja Lodge are amazing. Yeah, hundred percent. Center console or sport fish? Now this is interesting because center consoles are now over 50 feet i mean it's like a whole different world yeah freemans and stuff you know yeah there yeah. i was on that 54 yellow fin yeah thing is it's a machine so yeah. is that really a center console you know just because it has a just because you're steering from the middle at know? power and motor yacht we started calling I think, them super consoles i guess you could call really an aircraft carrier a, a side a console <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah. it's, you know, it's got that thing over, they drive it from the side. <laughs> so it's a side console. Yeah, exactly. It's a it's a yacht. They're oh. yachts, man. And, and they cost Absolutely. a million, two million bucks, a million and a half. Yeah, it's it's, it's not a... Uh, I'm looking at some of the, you know, used Vikings for sale. You know, 55 footer I could get for a million and a half. Or that or, thing. Or that. Right? It's They're two different worlds, but they're both... Guys like to incredible. go fast. Yeah, and you can do a lot of stuff on a center console. Yeah, you can have people all around it. But I'm with you. I mean, there is something nice to have a cabin and AC, if you want to do a toilet. An, an overnight trip yeah. and multi-day trip. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm bags are great, but I'm old now. I mean, I didn't. I've always been grumpy though. See, so I didn't even like the center consoles when I was getting my ass beat on them. <laughs> when I t- when I go with Dan, you know, Dan, he's got two speeds, trolling and fast as it'll go. Right. You know, and I'm getting beat up. I said, Dan, I'm old, man. Slow down a little bit. That 20 minutes ain't going to hurt me. 
So this next one I had to put in here. So everyone who's spent time with you knows you either wear flip-flops or Chuck Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe <they're> a wedding. <laughs> yeah. Or like, Those are my dress shoes. Ew, so my chucks. My black chucks. It always got a lot of uh, laughs and stuff when we were at boat shows. You'd be flying around in your black chucks. So I was known for them. And barbecue or Mexican toss-up. I yeah. mean, give me a taco, give me a pork sandwich. I'm yeah, you know, my mom was a great Mexican cook. We lived in Arizona for a while and had Mexican neighbors, and they all the, all the ladies got together and showed my mom how to cook Mexican food. So oh, nice. It was, I, I love Mexican food. Yeah. And barbecue, I love barbecue. And oh, I love boy. seafood. And I love Italian food. food. Just any and food. Thai food. I love, <laughs> I love food. I'm, I'm a food you. guy. I'm with you. Well, maybe we should go grab some lunch. Maybe. Dave, this has been fun. Yes. Thanks for doing this. I'll do it anytime. Awesome, man. Well, that's it for today's show. Thank you, Dave. If if you're not already reading Angler's Journal magazine, please pick up a subscription. You can visit us at anglersjournal.com and uh, stay tuned for more.